Oh, it's Fazio nice... racing. I like it in the oval. Never mind. <laughs> I saw the blue oval and I just got instantly <laughs> sick to my stomach, and then I had to take a second and read it. <laughs> you so. glossed over. <laughs> yeah. wow. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com. This is episode 59. Uh, a special episode today. Uh, remember, classracingtoday.com. You can help support the show. Go there, click on the donate button. You get to choose the value you receive from the show. So turn it into dollars and send it back our way so we can continue this. Uh, Bobby just returned from... Oh, hold on. Before we get there, uh, racederbycity.com. I want you guys to remember to go check that out. Uh, <clears throat> the second annual Class Racers Revival is coming up uh, the end of the month. Here in April, um, 28th through May 1 in St. Louis. Brian was there uh, lamenting the fact again that he's not going again. Um, but Bobby was out in Vegas. How uh, how was that crazy? Out there in the Vegas oh, land. Man, Sin City, they call it. <laughs> Sin City. It was, it was a real treat getting out there, and it was even crazier trying to get home. But I'm, I made it. I made it, and I made it. Excellent. So, I'm coming My with goodness. you. I'm going to come with you next time, just around the camera, because the true value in this whole thing would be the experience getting there, like <laughs> going to the airport, flights canceled. Well, ele- eleven. What was supposed to be it was eleven hours in Orlando on the way there. So okay, I walked around Orlando and whatnot. I was supposed to have a ten o'clock flight out of there at night and get into Vegas around one a.m. Vegas time. Well, I'm in the airport, Orlando, at 10 o'clock at night, and they delayed that flight till midnight, which uh, I fell asleep waiting, and I woke up and thought I missed it, and thankfully I didn't. So get into Vegas around 3 a.m. Vegas time, get in the Airbnb. Thank God that was pretty smooth just to get there, get in, and then set the alarm for 6.30. So got about three hours of sleep that first night, woke up in the Airbnb, and anybody that saw me live that morning knows that my Airbnb didn't have any coffee in it. So I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. So I uh, just headed to the track with no caffeine, went live, forgot to turn my microphone on when I, while I was live for 20 minutes. I guess that's, <laughs> you know, one of the uh, disadvantages of not being uh, caffeinated. And uh, that was it. You know, I, I, I had fun for two days running around, did a lot of interviews, got a lot of editing to do. And then on the way home, Got to the Vegas airport Saturday night for a uh, another one of those 10 o'clock flights out of there. Got through security, looked at the board to see where my flight was leaving. And right next to my flight, it had a big canceled next to it. So canceled now. Had to figure out what I'm going to do now. Oh, man. So, so I'm so tired. Uh, I end up, I'm like looking for a new flight. Maybe I can go to Los Angeles. I have a friend that lives there. And then maybe I can go home like... My my only option from Spirit Airlines was to rebook on Tuesday. They wanted me to stay in Vegas until Tuesday, and they weren't going to give me a hotel. So that was so, that so was they another canceled, argument in and of itself. So they canceled your flight and then didn't give you an option? They said they canceled due to weather, which the weather in Philly. And it was the weather in Philly. I mean, I called my sister and said, what's the weather there? Is it snowing or something? She said, no, it's like 55 and doing nothing. <laughs> All right, so hold on. Was this was this the beginning of the month? It was right. It this was, was early on Saturday, April second. Yeah, see, that's weird because you normally the end of the month, 
it's when you run into issues because the pilots are out of hours. And so they'll cancel flights because they don't have available pilots. Uh, but that's ah, the early, okay. first part of the month. So that's weird that that would be there. All right. Well, then, then the story continues because they kept calling. I was sitting there. I was just like defeated. I was too tired to get mad. <laughs> but they kept saying final boarding, final boarding for Chicago, final boarding for Chicago. So I hurried up and went on my phone and thought, well, if I, if I could magically get on this Chicago flight, can I get a flight from Chicago to Philly? Mm-hmm. So I found one from Chicago to Philly at 6 a.m. And I knew I was going to land in Chicago if I got on this flight at 3 a.m. So I ran over to the desk. I said, hey, can I just get on this flight? So they put me on the Chicago flight. And then. All right. So this is where it gets tricky. I used my my special app that I told everybody about a couple of weeks ago called Skip Lagged, and I found a flight that was going from Chicago to Boston, but it had a, a layover in Philly. So that's how I was going to make this work. So I got on the plane, or, or I got on the plane to Chicago, Las Vegas to Chicago, but I booked a flight from Chicago to Boston, stopping in Philly. Do you have checked bags, or are you carrying on? No, I just have a backpack, okay. so I don't have to worry about All my right. bag ending up in Boston. So... This is the first time this ever happened to me when I land in Chicago and I'm just like, yes, I'm just going to sleep for two hours in Chicago and go right, you know, just right at the gate and then get on that plane to Philly. I land in Chicago and I have an alert. Your flight from Chicago to Philly has been canceled, (laughs) but don't worry. We got you a direct flight to Boston. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I'm like, no. All right. So where I thought I could just go to sleep at 3 a.m. Now I have to solve a problem here and the airport's empty i can't find anybody to talk to and it was just a a disaster i finally schmoozed a uh an american airlines worker that was behind a desk and i told her what i was doing and then she she set it all up for me she's like all right and i got it all figured out you're gonna go from we have a flight leaving at 8 30 in the morning so i had to wait a couple more hours i'll put you on standby okay so from Chicago to Philly on standby. Standby comes around. And my name's on the board up here. Mm-hmm. And they let this family get on before me on standby because they had a couple extra seats. Then they bring me on the plane after them. Walk all the way down like the jetway, like you're getting on the plane. Stop me at the door and they say, sorry, no more seats for you. Go back into the airport. So <laughs> at this point, I'm like, this is just, this is, I'm, I just don't even, this is like comical at this point. So <laughs> then they found me another flight at 1030, had to wait two more hours in the Chicago airport and finally got a flight home. Thank God. And then I was so tired and then I had to work all night and tutor kids <laughs> in math where my brain was barely working as it was. So, but that's my story and I'm, and I'm home now. So does that <laughs> just prove that <laughs> your mental skills are pretty decent to be able to jump right back in and do math mm-hmm. tutoring right after that? Oh, yeah. And it wasn't anything. Yeah, I was like, maybe it's just, you know, a simple mm-hmm. algebra one. Ah, of course not. Why would it? I mean, it was like <laughs> uh, pre-calculus. Like I, I was slugging coffees, like trying to get my brain back up to function. And I did pretty well. And then. So there wasn't a direct flight from Philly to Vegas? No. Mm-mm. Really? Well, there probably is for a thousand dollars. probably was, but it was. Like probably not showing up on my radar, mm-hmm. not on my price screening. So <laughs> I was trying to look at the Skip Lag app. It doesn't not compatible with my phone. It says really, really. They fighting with Tim Cook? iPhone 3s or something? <laughs> I don't know what's my phone, but it says not compatible with this phone. 
Yeah. But that's probably oh, it's been a lifesaver that that app. And I've done that plenty of times where you book a flight to one other, you know, the other place and you just get off the plane at the layover and it saves you a lot of money. You'd be surprised sometimes like a flight, you know, from from Chicago to Boston stopping in Philly. Mm-hmm. That was 150. Um, but I've seen it where that same exact flight, if I just wanted to go from Chicago to Philly, was like four hundred dollars. Now I don't know how that makes any sense at all. So you save, you know, two hundred and fifty bucks or three hundred dollars by, you know, going doing that stopover trick. However, it can screw you. That's the first time that ever happened to me, and I've been using that app since well, about six years now. I see a lot of times. I mean, air- airlines, if they're going somewhere anyway, they need bodies. They can't tell you that out loud, but they need bodies in those seats because, I mean, any money is better than no money. Like they don't want to fly with empty empty planes. So if they can get you in, but they're not going to tell you that. But if they have some of these systems that will, you know, kind of break down your, you know, some of these inner workings of it. Uh, but I just learned about the the end of the month. If you're, it's easy to run into problems with availability of flights at the end of the month because of. Well, that's why that that uh, Chicago to Philly flight, Chicago to Philly flight was canceled because uh, lack of crew. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. what you're talking about. Well, and and they do still have some some COVID crew issues. You could have offered to like serve coffee, thing. Bobby. Like, hey, I'm pretty <laughs> handy. I can serve coffee. I can hand out snacks. Actually, you could totally get up there and do the announcement. I've seen this enough times. <laughs> right. Exit, go this way. Do you agree to right. help or do anything if the plane goes down? Okay, good. Right. Let's get out of here. You should have broke out the, don't you know who I am? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm here to interview the driver. Here's the seatbelt. Plug it in. If you don't know how to do what's he saying, Tommy? Boy? If you don't know how to do that, come by. Tommy will hit you in the head with a hammer. So. <laughs> All right, that's enough about the tra- traveling woes. Let's, let's I want to back up it. one step. We forgot one crucial bit of information here. <laughs> Airbnb without coffee. Tell me you gave them negative stars. I don't write reviews. Like I just five stars, five stars. Everything's great. If I if I had a bed and a shower, I'm good to go. You should have been but like. I did you should have been like a cup of coffee would have been awesome. Like, coffee. Well, she had a coffee machine. There was a machine there. There was the filters, but there was no ground brown stuff well, so. okay no that, that's not that's not outrageous I've, I've got an airbnb in a couple weeks and down in florida that we're going to be in and they make it very clear in the paperwork that says if you've got uh you know we, we can't guarantee that anything will be left over from the previous people but they might be but you need to prep everything for yourself does somebody take it with when they leave or they just use it all i hope they don't like <laughs> just don't i'm a little lower coffee at home so i'm just gonna that. pack this <laughs> right I don't want to make coffee like that. Like I'm not making a pot of coffee for a big party at my house. Have a little Keurig and have a couple of pods. That's all. But you're I'm you're assuming nights. this Give is a hotel. You're assuming it's a hotel, right? Well, I host. I do Airbnb myself, okay. and I have a Keurig in there. And you have plenty. I give them like ten of them. <clears throat> all so. right. Here's the problem, then, Bobby. You are the problem because you're creating. <laughs> no, you're creating an expectation in the Airbnb world that is you're going to be prepared with that. And you still then, when you go get subpar service, you give them a five star rating. You're the problem. All right, I'm the problem. <laughs> if we only all knew right, a coffee right. guy that could supply us with coffee <laughs> no when you're going on these trips, Bobby, right? Like, no who's the artisan kidding. guy? Here's, here's your little travel packs. Just in case you get there, there's no coffee. Thomas Baker wants to know what Brian's shirt says. Oh, something inappropriate. Ooh, your girl loves my wheelie. All right. I'm confused. Well, at least it's not as bad as nutsense. 
So somebody actually asked me about that while I was in Vegas. Oh no. Um, let's 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 turn it over to a serious and sad note here. Mm. Uh, Bob Uncafer, we are all praying for Bob Uncafer and well wishes to his family for a speedy recovery. I mean, it's anything's possible. Everybody, you know, if we pray and we give it up to God, something good can happen. So I'm just asking everybody that's watching right now and everybody that watches this maybe later on today, say a prayer for Bob Uncafer. Let's pray for a miracle here and that something good happens. Yeah. That's like uh, the highlight is just listening to, I mean, he's a reason that makes watching it like bearable some days, right? Like, Well, the, the announcer in a lot of these events makes or breaks it. And when you're that deep in knowledge that he like he is that's huge i mean i enjoy just hearing him talk about me you know <laughs> go out first round oh good try like it just like brightens your spirits mm-hmm. and announcing stock and super stock is no easy task okay i mean there are so many different cars and engine combinations and he's just he's a wealth of knowledge and you can tell a good stock and super stock announcer from Someone that doesn't know anything from a bracket racer who's just trying to announce stock and super stock mm. that just says, oh, there's a 69 Camaro in the right lane. And that's it. I mean, this guy is such a good announcer and he's just such a valuable asset to class racing. I mean, he he was announcing races this year. So whatever happened here sounds like it was pretty sudden and serious. Mm. So it's very, very unfortunate. Well, miracles, you know, some can happen, but I... Uh... We're gonna miss him. Like it's he made it's his voice is to me the voice of sportsman's racing. I finally met him in person last year at uh at the St. Louis race at Tyler Bohannon um class racer revival. So yeah, I, it's it's crazy that this is happening right now. I just can't believe it. Unfortunate. I, I just appreciated his commentary on the cloud of smoke that followed Brian around that race. Yeah. <laughs> Craig is never going to let us forget that cloud of smoke. That's so oh, funny. No. It's fantastic. You know, I did uh I did get a text the other day that my pistons have arrived, so my motor will be going back together. So that's exciting, but <clears throat> No, I uh I uh I'm really going to miss hearing Unc on the on the radio. I guess it's uh he's just such a pleasure to listen to and does a great job and I don't know anybody that doesn't love him. So you're loved. We're hoping for miracles. And also a national event winner. I believe it was Austin Ford put up a really nice post last night or I forget when he put it up. I couldn't sleep last night. So I probably read it in the middle of the night and he had to race in the final. And uh, he said in the final, Unc was 001 and like dead on. And it was, it was, he was so. Austin was like sad that he didn't win, but he was so happy for Uncle Fur to win that it was all worthwhile. And I think that's the picture that everyone keeps posting. Uh, it's just such a great picture. If that's the one where Uncle Fur is in the uh, the winner circle there with a, just a huge smile on his face, just what a guy! I just oh, can't believe this. So prayers for Bob Uncle Fur. You know, we all also missed Monty Bogan passed away. A couple weeks ago so i mean there's another big name that i've heard for for years and um i think he was really helpful uh rochelle t bear talked 
about him in her uh, driver interview, and he helped her get started in racing. So I don't know what's going on anymore. It's just these sudden sicknesses. If it's this COVID, if it's you know, careful. Yeah, I'm there <laughs> watching. Anything related to COVID? She's uh, mm-hmm. yeah. just. <sighs> All right. Anyways, what else? I have a laundry list of things that I wanted to tell you guys about. So, so outside of your travel debacles, uh, what was the highlight of your weekend? Hey, I got to ride in Mike Logie's uh, Plymouth GTX. Nice. So trying to do driver interviews is hard when you don't have a golf cart and you don't have a bicycle. I mean, you're walking. Just starting line in the pits. Vegas is such a huge place. So it's it's, it's like bigger than what I'm used to doing. And... um it's like I, I went down in the lanes. I was trying to get some pictures, and I walked up to interview somebody. Then they called uh, somebody back to the lanes, and then I was going to try and walk back, and he saw me, and he was like, "Here, you want to hop in the car? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> nice. So I thought you looked Uber a little... ride in a Plymouth GTX. Uh, I thought you looked a little more uh, a little more glowy today. You know, the, the Mopar spirits, you know, that absorbed into your skin. You just have a special glow West. about you. The West Coast is the land of Plymouths. We do not have that many on the East Coast. That's all. I realized after my fourth or fifth driver interview that all I had done was Plymouths so far. And I was <laughs> like, wow, I got I to gotta spread this out a little bit. I just, I've never seen so many nice ones in one place. I, I got the Jerome family, Jeff Jerome and Justin Jerome. I got Eric Bell. I mean, that car is beautiful. That was Tony DePillo's old car. Jeez, uh, who else did I get? Um, People may have seen the um, Chad Langdon interview. Uh, I can't even remember all the interviews that I have. I have lots of editing to do, but just Pl- I, Plymouth's, you can't not like those cars. Mopars, they're, they're, they're cool. And you're a Mopar guy at heart, right, Brian? I mean, Absolutely. Absolutely. A, a, a Barracuda, a Duster, a, uh, a Fury, a Savoy. Like I didn't even get to Steve Wan. I mean, there were so many people that I wanted to talk to, but like I said, no bike, no golf cart. You can walk a hundred miles to someone's pit spot and they're not there. And it's like, all right, you got to keep, keep moving, find somebody else, you know, and, and that's it. And then everybody's always like, Oh, you should go interview this one. Or you should go interview that one. And I'm like, I, I already walked there. They weren't there. I gotta, I can't walk there again. Unless somebody's going to give me a ride. Did so. you, did you stumble by Johnny's kitchen? No, I saw Johnny a couple of times on the starting line. Uh, and in the lanes, but I never found out where he was pitted, so I didn't. I didn't get to Johnny's kitchen. He's gonna have to get the neon sign above the mobile bowling alley, so he can oh. have a maybe get a big flag did, or something. I did meet Marcus Svensson from Sweden, so he keeps his car here in America and uh, comes back to race. So his number starts with an eight. We have division one through seven here, so if you're out of the country, uh. His number starts with an eight, so that was pretty cool, and he was interesting to talk to. And very knowledgeable about clutches too. Was there a division eight champion? I don't know. I should have asked him that. I should look that up. I should move to a country with no other stock super stock racers, and I could win. You could just be a division, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's an easy way for a gold card. So, also. Joe Costello, every, everybody's probably seen on um, Facebook, NHRA is starting to interview stalkers, like the designated pairs when they go out there and they're putting them on Facebook. But uh, Joe C- 
Costello came up to me this weekend and was like, hey, I just want to let you know. I mean, it's only hearsay, but I heard and I won't, don't know if it's true. And I thought he was going to say something like, you're not allowed to do interviews anymore or something yeah. crushing to me. But he said, somebody complained about us interviewing drivers before they go out there. And I just want you to know that we asked the drivers before we interview them if they're okay with it. And if they say no, then we don't interview them. So I uh, I told him I would, sp- I would sp- spread the word to our class racing family that if Joe Costello tries to interview you before you go out there, he's going to ask you first and you can say no if you don't want to. But I would say yes. I told him he could stick a microphone in my face as I'm pulling into the water box. I don't care. If it gets stock and super stock notice, do it. Hit me in the face with the microphone. Doesn't matter to me. So why did he feel he needed to tell you that? Uh, I think somebody expressed concerns on our page about it. So uh, I told him that I would. Did you say, all you got to do, Joe, is come on the show? Oh, I did. I said, you you should come on. We'll interview you. (laughs) And he asked what we would talk about. (laughs) Or he asked if we would talk about. See, he and I have a running inside joke about the karate kid. Because one time I won and he was announcing and he said that Fazio sweeps the leg. And I. Mm. I had to find him immediately and just tell him that you just quoted like my favorite movie of all time. So that's like our running inside joke now. So he was like, well, come on. We can talk about the karate kid. (laughs) 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 See if you watched Cobra Kai yet. Interesting. So anybody that, you know, if Joe Costello wants to interview you, I think it's good for us. If, if you don't want to, you have the right to say no. But like I said, I would say yes. Get get video of my car. It's good for potential sponsorship and good for good for us getting noticed. How big was his crew running about with those interviews? Just one guy? No, just him and and a, and a uh, I think he had a girl with him doing the camera mm-hmm. and he's on the microphone. And uh just standing up in there in the lanes. But it's cool because he interviews you in the lanes and then he like hightails it on a golf cart down to the return road and catches you after the run on the return road. And hands you your time slip and asks you to like, you know, talk about what do you think about that run and how did it go down? So is that so. A, a sanctioned product from the race, the organizers then? It yeah. must be, right? Yeah, true. yeah, to be able to get that down there. Because he's the official voice for them. Is that right? Yeah, one of, one of, them. One of them. And then he like that. instantly gets the clip of the race too. Yeah. Like. Well, because I mean, if we're going to be honest about the gear they've got, I mean, they're running $100,000 worth of video switching equipment pretty easy if not million i mean it's insane what they've got so they can grab those things real fast that's cool though bring him on all right we'll have to ask him he's got his own podcast wfo radio i believe it's called mm-hmm. um also i wanted to just let everybody know like like brian and i uh used today to find race results, which we didn't cover the race results. So let me give them to you and then tell you how we found them so easily. In Stock Eliminator, Ryan McClanahan, who qualified number one, uh, parlayed that into a win. He had a win over Doug Lambeck. I think Doug Lambeck was runner-up in Stock, and he was runner-up in Comp Eliminator. So good weekend for Doug Lambeck. Probably, it's like it's like a great weekend, but you wish you could have just won one of them. I, I, I'm happy for Doug Lambeck, but I, he's probably a little bit mad at the same time. So nonetheless, good job, Doug Lambeck. And then in Superstock, Justin Lim uh, got the win. He's one of the most winning winningest drivers at uh, 
at Las Vegas, the strip at Las Vegas Dragway. And he got the win over Tony Hughes, who was driving a 69 Mustang, I believe, Cobra Jet. And did anybody see that Tony Hughes versus Kyle Rizzoli? I think it was round two of Superstock. They were the last pair to go down the track. I'm standing on the starting line. They closed out Superstock. Tony Hughes is 023. Kyle Rizzoli is 024. They both go dead on with a zero. So naturally, the margin of victory at the finish line is one thousandth of a second. What a race! It was, it was, it was crazy. And the announcer was harping on it for a good two minutes after it was over. And I took a, vi- a, a picture of the uh, scoreboard and just sent it, or I posted it because it was, it was amazing. And then he got all the way to the final, and actually had a better light than Lamb in the final, but the car didn't run the number. They they think there's something wrong. It was it was like way off so sadly for them they did not get that win they got the runner-up which is still a great weekend and the runner-up to justin lamb i mean the guy's a, a pro let's face it so it's no easy task to uh to beat him but congratulations justin lamb on your win and tony hughes on your runner-up and then well in stock yeah, yeah. how much <laughs> money would have been lost in the power rankings to figure if you would have said justin lamb goes out second round nobody would have took that bet yeah, that would. That's the beauty of power rankings and the beauty of fantasy stock and super stock, which is we're gonna possibly dabble in pretty soon. Because um, right now I'm having fun with the power rankings, where I I didn't put up the exact top ten in order. I put up like a, the the bet the number one, which was Jody Lang in stock, but then I was like kind of skipping around. I went down to. Uh, People that weren't, you know, people that were considered underdogs, just just to show what their power ranking is and what their win probability would be. Um, so, we yeah, a, if you we, took Lamb, you'd be in trouble, right? <laughs> oh, Johnny Deacon, another one of our D five guys. He was going some rounds. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, he was. He was in the power rankings, uh, albeit not the correct car. I thought he was driving a double A stick Corvette, but he was driving. Um, somebody else's car. So that would have affected his power ranking. I would have had to clarify that before an official power ranking. And then in Superstock, I mean, Justin Lamb would have been in those power rankings for sure, but I, I think I didn't put him in there. I think I put him on the stock power rankings, but I was, like, again, scattering the... Uh, the list up so yeah if you like let's say you bought drivers for that weekend and we do it i think it's even better that you do it before qualifying because you could have bought jimmy d frank who was number one in the power rankings for super stock i mean let's say you had a fictitious hundred dollars jimmy d frank would have would have cost probably 75 to 80 dollars so you can't really afford to buy another heavily favored driver well if jimmy d frank and justin lamb get paired up first round one of those guys is going home that is really going to mess with somebody's you know purchased uh, drivers there so that's the beauty of it it's it's going to be really cool i'm looking into how we can actually start doing this on a on a uh not a weekly basis but like a national event basis what i like about the driver uh about your drag insights app as I'm just looking at some of the rounds now. So like round one, and I like how it breaks it out at the end. So 
uh, John Shaw, A stock automatic, Peter Theobald, C, C stock automatic. Um, so we had a 100 light against an 034. And uh, Sean Theobald, uh, let's see, wasn't ready for the really close win. Margin of victory was 0.0075 seconds, approximately 17 inches. Like, just that's, I like how it breaks it down at the end. And you, like, you can look at the numbers. The guys have been doing this forever. We'll look at it and be like, oh, that was, that wasn't even a race. Well, yeah. <laughs> 17 inches. You still could have lost. Like, it was his race to lose against 100 light. Like, you just never know how this stuff goes, you know? first round it's so easy now when you just log into drag insights you know the homepage has that calendar you can see what races are coming up you can see what races already happened and you click on the race it gives you all the winners and all the full results so easy now is this ever going to get picked up by officially as a resource by the nhra uh yeah i don't know uh good question could be could could get scolded. We don't know. I mean, it's they're a funny bunch. <laughs> no, Hopefully, it's... they embrace it and and utilize it and work 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 together with us because I think it would be great. I think it would be great to turn it into a spectator app, mm-hmm. which is what I would really love to do and interact with it. You have spectators use it to find like you know where races are pitted, where the closest bathroom is, where the you know the tire guy is in case they want to go buy some tires like things like that well you could even i mean if you wanted to go deeper this is way in the weeds but uh you could turn like you could predict how a race is going to go as as they come up to the line uh rodeo houston big huge rodeo in houston texas um they have an app uh there and then i think san antonio the same thing you can predict the score they're going to give the the rider as they're doing it. And so then you can kind of see where you're at. And I think they have some games they play with it, but it's a cool concept. And I think that would be a really neat interaction point uh, from the crowd at a race. As you come up, all right, who's going to win? What do you think the margin's going to be? And just, you know, instantly throw in there, you've got what a minute, 30 seconds as they come up, maybe not even that um, yeah, to do it, but, <laughs> but it, ke- it keeps the, yeah. the fans engaged so even more. A, have a live poll. Oh yeah, totally. It'd be live awesome. Poll. Mm-hmm. Money odds. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it gets a lot deeper in the coding world, but I think that would be a really fun aspect. Oh, yeah. Interactive oh, racing. There Believe you go. Me. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, somebody else was asking, I think it was Johnny, Johnny's Kitchen, and Rochelle T. Bear, and a couple others uh, asked me multiple times. So I just, while I remember it right now, if you guys don't mind, the flyers. I've talked about flyers that I hand out at events. That explains stock and super stock. So actually, here's the front of my flyer. Brian, you're going to love it because it has. Who would ever look at that thing? Oh, it's Fazio racing. I like it in the oval. Never mind. (laughs) I saw the blue oval and I just got instantly (laughs) sick to my stomach. And then I had to take a second and read it. (laughs) You glossed over. (laughs) So it shows um, the the three cars that we run. This is my Mustang and stock Limnair. This is my friend's uh, Ford Maverick and super stock GT. And then my Mustang and super stock. Um, and then it has like the combinations, the, uh, the minimum weights and their indexes. And then on the back is where all that stuff gets explained. It's kind of long. I mean, I made these years ago when people actually took time to read stuff, but I don't know if they still do anymore. So this is like a kind of a long explanation of, you know, how stock and super stock 
what are the classes all about? Like the first section is what are the stock and super stock classes all about? It explains, you know, a manufacturer's run of at least 50 cars had to be made. It had to be a, you know, an available to the public type of deal. Then it goes into a couple of the rules on stock versus a couple of the rules on super stock. It goes into how a weight break and how a, a horsepower rating and how a minimum weight and how an index is all calculated. And then, um, it goes into how actual race goes down. If you are paired up against cars in different classes, how a dial-in system works and how you know the head start works and how uh, the breakout system works. And then it goes into if the cars are in the same class, how it's a heads-up run. It's an old-fashioned drag race that everybody knows and loves. First car to the finish line wins. So then I have a couple QR codes at the bottom that I have a cool in-car video of my car that they can watch. And then I have a QR code that's going to like the podcast and I need to redo these because these are kind of old. Um, I need a QR code that's going to uh, my latest interview that, that, hap- that was last year with uh, Evan Smith. So you can put whatever QR codes you want, but every uh, couple of people were asking me what my design looked like. That's what my design looks like. I run out of them at the track at national events for sure. So, uh, a good way to keep spreading the word on stock and super stock. You guys know how I roll. I don't stop. That's awesome, Bobby. The uh, the blue oval though. Do you have, do you have permission to use that from Ford? Like oh, I absolutely. literally thought it was a Ford logo. <laughs> like you scared me a little bit with that. You should have just something more inviting. Like put a Pentagon. Do like the Mopar signal or symbol or you know. Then people yeah. are like oh. <clears throat> We should blur that out. You might want to edit that out. I don't want to get a copyright infringement at the end of this episode. Figure out how it's fair use. <laughs> I don't know how right? you do that. But... Uh, man, unfortunately, my Villanova Wildcats did not prevail against Kansas this weekend. However, they did get further than Alan Reinhardt's Arizona Wildcats. I really wanted to uh, message him about that. but I don't know his email. He, he says it all the time, but I, I don't know what it was. But he thinks his Arizona Wildcats are the best. They were a number one seed, and they went down in, like, round two or three. Whereas my Villanova Wildcats made it to the final four. Oh, you're talking so. about a sport. Sorry. Oh, yeah. NCAA. <laughs> NCAA March Madness. Your favorite thing, Craig. Oh, yeah. It's April. <clears throat> Your favorite thing. We lost to the Kansas Jayhawks, though, and Kansas beat uh, North Carolina in the final. I know we had some North Carolina fans because we have a lot of no, D2 racers. You, you said we. Did you? Were you suited up? <laughs> we. I always say we, yes. When I was at Villanova as a student, I did work. Uh, oh, okay. You have. My, all right. All right. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. You, you have a little bit. To, I worked in the cafeteria for like a measly $5 an hour, but I had to put the food out for the basketball players at the end of practice every day. And uh, some of it was some really good food. So naturally, I didn't put all of it out. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know Fazio was French. We, oui, we. Oui. <laughs> oh man! And they had steak and lobster. I don't know if that was a, speci- a special occasion, but um, only about half of that got got put out on, on that dinner that night. The other half got shoved into the trunk of my car and got brought back to the. Uh, to the frat house. So I assume we're past the statute of limitations, so you're okay to talk about it now? Yeah, Perfect. I think it's it's been like 15 years. I think I can <laughs> I think I can divulge that. So did we did we cover all the highlights from Vegas? 
Uh, well, we covered the winners. We covered uh, that awesome round that closed out Superstock. Wait, were you, were you there for the Grammys? Absolutely not. Oh, second. Wait, was I? I don't know. What would, I might have didn't been that happen Sunday? Airport. I don't know. What, that Will Smith slap? That no, that, no, that was the, uh, the other one. The other, oh. <laughs> the other award show no one cared about. I haven't watched an award show since probably like 1998, so I don't know. The last time they made good movies is probably the last time I watched one of those award shows. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I can't. I can't find anything to watch in the theater anymore. It's either like Batman version 15 or Star Wars version 105. Sorry, it's the it's the the Batman. Come on now. So just like how about in the 90s? How spoiled we were. Where where like. Movies like Forrest Gump, Speed, and Shawshank Redemption were all playing in the theater at the same time. <laughs> well, let's think about this, though. May 24th, Top Gun. Maverick is coming out, finally. Out loud. Finally. They filmed that how many years ago? It's and probably old, though. Yeah, 2018, he was prom- promoting that movie. All right, where are we headed this weekend? <clears throat> Houston and Vegas. Look on the Drag Insights calendar. Hit the homepage. Houston and Vegas. Right, we have the divisional. I think is it a double divisional in Vegas this weekend? I think it is. Oh, so they're getting three races in there. That's how you save fuel. One toe, three races. <laughs> oh, especially on the West Coast Division Seven, where all the tracks are sadly closing. Wild Horse Pass, uh Phoenix, that beautiful track is closing. Unbelievable. So at least I got to go there one time in my life. Um, oh, I got an interv- interview with, so I did a couple father-sons, like I said, Justin Jerome, Jeff Jerome, uh, Scott Burton, and Brad Burton. That one's going to be a good one. I finally got to use my in-car camera. Ooh, how'd it go? Uh, so be on the lookout for that. <clears throat> that was interesting. It was a little easier than I thought. I could control it from my phone, which is cool. Like, I can set it to start recording, you know, mm-hmm. from wherever I am. But once the car leaves the line and gets about a hundred feet down the track, it disconnects from my phone. So it just keeps recording for, uh, for like another 25 minutes or half an hour. Can you just jump in the, can you jump in the trunk of that car? Just to to keep your connection going. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's over the legal amount of ballast you can have in a car. (laughs) Yep. So throw Bobby in the back. (laughs) Got one stick shift car, one automatic car. And uh, looking forward to it. I have to figure out how to edit 360 video still, mm. which I can do on my phone, but my computer, I got to have to, to get gonna have to bite the little, bullet. I had to bite the bullet. I got to get something a little bit stronger, stronger to do it. But so, they came out, they came out cool. Um, met the Jess, Jesse Sanderson's family was so nice and welcoming. They um, fed me. They Got me a crew pass for the weekend, which was nice of them. And then we all went to In-N-Out Burger the first night, which was heavenly. I love that place. And um, Chris Hall, thank you to Chris Hall. So Sanderson family got me a crew pass, and Chris Hall got me on his restricted area uh, actual crew. So thank you, Chris Hall, for that. Um, Just met so many people, and it was nice because people – it's scary sometimes. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, how you doing, Bobby? Nice to meet you. And you're like, you don't know who they are because you never <laughs> met them in person. 
Mm-hmm. So you're you're trying to look at their like name, their uh, restricted area pass that has their name on it, and you're like trying to hurry up and look down there to see who they are, so you can say like, "Oh, hey, Joe, how are you?" And that's super awkward when it's a lady talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. So, fun fact about In and Out. Sorry, I just derailed the show here. Um, a good friend of mine from way back in Oregon, uh, his dad <clears throat> had a burger joint in uh, Winston, Oregon, called In and Out. Way back, and some years ago, the corporation that is In and Out Burger. Uh, came to him and had to buy him out for the name. Um, get out to get to get wow. that because they they knew they were going to expand bigger, and so uh, he had done it right. So they uh, it worked out for him. But uh, it's weird. I've got a good friend now who was the original In and Out before they got bought out for the name. He could have sued them for copyright infringement. Well, <laughs> that was part of the issue <clears throat> is they had to come pay buy him out so it wouldn't happen. It's very cool. So we do have a comment that there's an open event in Mooresville. Must be this weekend. All right. Yep. Who said that? Tom Gent, I believe. You're so brave, uh, Bobby. How would you just throw those names out there? Like, I don't want to screw them up. So I'm like, uh, unnamed caller, listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> caller, you're live. I'm so, to, I'm so used to mispronouncing names that I uh, I just go for it. And anybody, if I mispronounce your name, correct me. Put the put the pronunciation in a comment there so I can get it right for you. <laughs> and uh, if you so have... many racers that I didn't get to this weekend, I'm still mad. I wanted to get to Bob Gullett and Charlene Gullett. I saw them in the lanes, which I still have some more footage to, to post up from like doing some interviews in the lanes and some live footage. But um never found their pit spot. I don't know why. I wanted to talk to somebody from Canada and see what's going on over there. Cool. I think we covered everything then. Yeah, who else didn't I get to? Uh, Luniac, I was trying to get to him. Steve Wan, I was trying to get to. Uh, Don Keene, I tried a couple times. Uh, so, yeah. Despite that, I got some good ones coming, so everybody stay tuned. And if you haven't signed up for the Class Race Revival coming up, you need to get that done too. They've... Is it still open? Yes, it is open. Awesome. They got a bunch of people to sign up when they did a call to action. So, RaceDerbyCity.com. You don't want to miss out on that one. Sweet. All right. So, good luck, everybody that's headed to or is already in Vegas this weekend. Um, <clears throat> was the other one Houston? I think you said. Yes. And the open in at Mooresville. What's what's somebody educate me? Mooresville, like that's where's Mooresville? That's Tom. Mooresville, North Carolina. Is that what they're talking about? Uh, Tom said you got his name right. Good work, Bobby. Thank you, Tom. So where's Tom, Mooresville? Where's, where's the Mooresville? <laughs> where's what what state is Mooresville? It's a Carolina. Not not confusion. So that's good. So it is Mooresville, North Carolina, then I right by uh, Concord. Or Charlotte. Well, we'll see if he <clears throat> answers. North Carolina winner. Woo! <clears throat> Classracingtoday.com. That's where you can go for uh, send us a note, help support the show. Classracingtoday at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you can email them there. 
We appreciate all the support we get from all the listeners. Uh, another really fantastic way you can help the show grow is by telling more people about it, getting it out there so they can be listening along. Uh, and if you have any uh, suggestions about people to talk to, certainly send us a note. Uh, we are always looking for more insights. Awesome. Brian and Bobby, any last words? Nope. Awesome. Excited to get back out there. Excellent. So, Brian got his pistons. I just got my cylinder heads. Let's get going. <laughs> Sweet. It's snowing again today. It's here, so we're good. <laughs> all right. ClassRacingDay.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all on the next one. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Uh, be safe. And as soon as my computer will wake up, we will see you next time. Thanks a lot.